Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker, and welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, coming up on today's show, we're going to highlight some steps you can take now to help you achieve a comfortable retirement. Yes, it does all start with a plan, so stay tuned. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. Cruising through retirement with Kevin Brooker. That's what we're doing. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh Kevin is a fiduciary. He is an independent, uh, an IAR, an investment advisor representative in an RAI firm. I love that. Uh, the, uh, he is an author. He wrote a book called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. You will find all about Kevin and uh, his team at SilverleafFinancial.com. SilverleafFinancial.com. Hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, it is great to be here. I appreciate that uh, that introduction, Steve. And and yes, guys, please take a look take a look at the website. We try to put up fresh content all the time, every week. Uh, so we've got blogs, we've got articles, uh, a lot of information you're probably you know looking for out there on retirement or investing. Uh, you can just go to my website, SilverleafFinancial.com, and you can find a lot of that info right there. Um, and, and it's free of charge. There there there's no cost of entry. So right. f- feel free. Take there's a look no at paywall it. at SilverleafFinancial.com. That's right. No credit card required. All, All right. right. So well, t- again, take a look at it. Check it out. But I'll tell you what, that's one of the, that, that's one of my go-to sites. You know, when I'm doing, oh. when I'm doing research, when I'm looking for stuff. Yeah. Yours. I mean, there's about three other advisors that two other advisors besides you, whose websites I could say that much about. Oh, well, Hey, I, 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 mean, I really yours, appreciate yours that. Yours is not a run of the mill cookie cutter thing. Oh no, no. And, and, and no, I, I uh, you know what guys, we really try not to be run of the mill. Uh, and take a look at it. You know, you'll see we've got, we've got uh, at least the last 10 podcasts or so. If you want to listen to one of the shows that we did in the past, um, you know, see some of the things. What I, what I would suggest if you're listening to podcasts, you've got other p- advisors you're, you're uh, uh, considering, look at some of their past shows and their recommendations, what they were saying. Did they foresee what was coming? Did they have any idea where, we were, where these markets were going? Did they take any steps to protect you? Things like that. Sure. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of resources out there as well. When you're trying to figure out, you know, like when you should claim Social Security or when whatever you should do at what point in time, 
how you should be structured in your investments, things like that. Uh, there's a lot of information, a lot to digest out there. And so what we try to do is we, we, we try to uh, break it down and make it uh, easier to digest, if you will, and uh, so that it doesn't cause that heartache that sometimes, sometimes you might get. One of the things that we often talk about is how important it is to have a plan, yes. Uh, but right now, the market is a little crazy. Um, everything seems a little crazy. Inflation is out of control. We're, we're, I think, being squeezed so many different ways at this point. And if you've been a do-it-yourselfer for a long time, now, to me anyway, now is the, the alarm's on. I need to get with an independent fiduciary advisor because I can't handle it. It's, oh my gosh, yes, Stephen. I, I I, of course, I agree. Yes, yes. I'm biased. Um, you, you know what, but guys, there's no question, no question that there, there are so many uh, uh, cross currents coming at us right now uh, from the financial side, you know, with inflation, seeing double digit inflation, the pr producer price index, uh, you know, for the goods that producers, you know, manufacturers, things like that pay for what, for what their, uh, the raw materials jumped over 10%. CPI was over consumer price index. So what we're buying at the stores was up over 9%. Um, obviously we all know ga it, it's gasoline and it, it's energy, gasoline, uh, and rent that is, uh, that are some of the biggest components that go into the, that, uh, the calculation of inflation. Sure. And, and so I think, um, you know, some things we are starting to see some improvement on, you know, like a lot of these raw materials, like the price of lumber and, and, and the price of wheat and, and a lot of these material, these things have come down. Crude oil is really take, has really dropped back. Oh yeah. That's we under a hundred bucks a barrel again, isn't it? It, it is. And you know what? We should start to see, you, you should probably already be seeing lower prices at the pump and they should go even lower over the next couple of weeks. Um, so that'll give a little bit of relief to everybody. And that and that's the reason why a lot of there's a lot of analysts now saying, you know what, we might have seen the peak of inflation. It doesn't mean, we're, you know, we're going back to 2%. Uh, what it hopefully means is that we're going to start this, what I would call a staircase or stair step down back to that normal level. Um, you know, but it's probably going to, it's probably going to remain, you know, stubbornly high for a while. Uh, we do have the fed meeting again in a couple of weeks, the very end of July, it, it, uh, I want to say the 28th or 29th, right around in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's when the fed's going to come out with another interest rate hike. The market expects at least 75 points, but there's good, there's a lot of talk right now that they might do a hundred. So a full one percentage point increase, uh, which should help anybody that's a saver. So it, it's not good for borrowers, right? Because you're seeing your interest rates go higher on the credit cards. Obviously, we've all seen home loan mortgage rates go higher. Interest rates have gone higher on virtually everything. Uh, but what that means is if you're a saver, right, then this is long overdue. I mean, I've got a, I've got a lot of clients that, that have, for years, rightly so, complained that, you know what, we can't make anything on interest in the bank. Uh, and, and that was true. We were at zero for a long, long time. We have finally started to, to, to recover. So, uh, so take a look, but you need to chop around a little bit sometimes to find the best interest rates. You can get at least 1% now. I know it's nothing exciting, but it beats zero, um, exactly. you know, on a money, you know, on a money market with, 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 uh, with no risk and full FDIC insurance. So, uh, so take a look at it, but, but as Stephen mentioned, it is, it is important to have a plan, right? When you're trying to figure out your retirement, do you have enough money? How much money are you going to need? We want to sit down and we want to talk about all these things. We want to talk about all your expenses, you know, all the income that you have coming in. Uh, and we want to make sure we replace it, right? When you retire, because you're not going to have that paycheck anymore. Uh, and we all know social security is not enough for most people to live on. Uh, there are about a third of the population, about a third of the recipients uh, of social security. It is their only source of income. Uh, and that average social security check is, I want to say, maybe $1,500 now. 
so I don't know a lot of people that can live on 1500 bucks a month, not extremely comfortably. Okay. Even if everything's paid for, even if your home is paid for, um, I mean, I think just my utilities and, and everything for my house, well, I'm talking about insurance and utilities and streaming services and all that stuff. I want to say 700 bucks a month for my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just add in some food and, and you're at 1500. So, and of course that doesn't include Medicare and, and any number of other things. So remember social, social security was only meant to be one leg of a three-legged stool. The other two legs were supposed to be your personal savings. And then the third leg was that pension plan, right? Now, right. now most people are probably saying, well, Kevin, what pension plan? I don't have a pension plan. And, and guys, that's the bad news for those of us in the private sector. Uh, like I don't have, I've never had a job where I had a pension plan. I've been self-employed virtually my entire career, um, you know, and, and so I've got to create my own. And the way that the way that I'm creating my own pension plan is going to be with an annuity contract. And one of the chapters in my book, Steve mentioned earlier that I co-authored a book. Um, and one of the chapters in the book, I titled it an annu- annuity is not a bad word. Okay. Yeah. Guys, these, these can be wonderful tools. Now, now don't get me wrong. Just like everything in life, you know, there are some really good people and there's some really bad people. There are some really good cars and there's some horrible cars, right? There's some great computers, great devices, and there's some terrible ones. And it's no different in the financial world. There are some good ones and there's some bad ones. And what a good advisor can do is help you weed, you know, sort through all that and focus on the good ones. And what I mean is by, by that are ones that have performed well, that are strong, that are safe, that do what they say they're going to do without charging you a ridiculous amount of expenses and fees. And, and so I believe uh, an annuity is a great way to, to provide you some income because it's the only account that will pay you even if it goes to zero. Guys, what other account? Tell me, anybody, tell me one, any other account that keeps on paying you after the value has gone to zero. The answer is there are none. All right. An annuity is the only one. It's a contractual guarantee. Uh, and there's state insurance funds that back it up in the event there was a problem with the carrier to a limit, of course. Um, but take a look at it. It might, it might be the answer that you need to get you that extra thousand or 2000 or 3000 or whatever the number is to get you that extra income in retirement that you know is going to be coming in every month. And so you don't have to worry about the stock market falling 20% or 30% because you know your income is covered. All right. Because what I believe is that the only money you should have in the stock market is discretionary money that you can afford to lose. And, and if you lose it, it will not impact your way of living. Uh, otherwise, I can't imagine the stress. Oh, my gosh. The anxiety and the stress that a retired person must feel if they're living off of money in the stock market. When you see the market drop 20 percent and now inflation is up 10. So what, so what does that mean? Right. You got to add them together. That means you've just lost 30 percent of your buying power. Right. Yes. So, so it, it, it's frightening to me uh, when I look at it and I say, okay, I say, my gosh, if these prices keep on going higher and my nest egg is going lower at the same time, uh, that's a recipe for disaster. So I would say it's very important that we a little, uh, a long soliloquy here, I guess, but uh, the moral of the story is to create a financial plan with an advisor that you trust that has your best interest at heart. I would suggest an independent fiduciary because they have an obligation to put your interests first. Half of this industry, guys, does not follow the fiduciary standard. They don't. So it's really important that you ask them so that you know exactly what to expect. And though, I mean, again, don't be surprised if you get an answer that they aren't, but, uh, or at the same time, I, I think people lie. 
Oh my gosh, that is that is yes. Unfortunately, from the uh, very very highest of office to the very lowest, um, <laughs> yeah. there there are far 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 too many people that uh, you know it's it's become their way of life. I don't I don't think these people could tell the truth if their life depended on it. I know, I agree. Yeah, you know, and it's absolutely horrible. I think it's brought down the entire country. I think uh, well, it's I got think, so much. Uh, you know, yeah. you've got a whole lot of politicians in Washington. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Yeah, they're all that. <laughs> they are. They, they are. are. You, you know, and and so so yes, you want to check check it out. Make sure make sure you know exactly what they are. And let me give you a heads up on this. If you work with a big brokerage firm, one of the common household names, you know, that most people know about, chances are they are not fiduciaries. Okay, because they are the ones that have been challenging the standard. They're the ones that have fought that have filed lawsuits because they do not want the liability of their advisors having to live up to the fiduciary standard. So the biggest brokerage firms that you can think of are 99% likely not fiduciaries. So it's important that you understand that. So you know what you're dealing with. If you're comfortable with it, then go for it. It's your, it's your call. I just want you to be aware that not everybody operates at that standard. Okay. And again, those are the kinds of questions that, that you should ask because uh, you, you do encourage folks to, uh, you know, interview more than one advisor and, you know, yeah, see, what, see what's out there. The, uh, so let's talk about, we were talking about the market and it, it's, it, you know, what a crapshoot, but I mean, so basically the, the S and P is down 20% on the year. Um, what, yes. how does that compare? I mean, I know you're a bit of a history guy. How does that compare to other years? Yes. And, and you know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because I think it's important uh, that everybody, you know, look at these statistics or think about them and, and realize that uh, right now, the period of time that we're in this first six months of 2022, this is the fifth worst start to the S&P 500 going back 100 years. OK, this is number five. And so Whoa, only four other times. How many years back? 200? Is that what you said? No, 100. 100. 100. OK, 100 years. 100. Going back to the 1920s. This is only the fifth time that the S&P has dropped 20% in the first six months. So those other four times, that's what I like to look at. Say, well, what happened those other times? Yeah, what happened? And you know, what happened is six months later, every time it was up, barring 1941. Okay. Well, that's World that's War II. World War II, exactly. So, but uh, if, if you look at thing, if you look at it, let's say three years later, every time so far, the markets were up and they're up an average of over 60%. If you go five years after the 20% drop, okay, every time we've had these happen in the past, so the last four times in the last 100 years that we've had a 20% drop in the first six months, five months later, the markets were up on average over 100% if you reinvested your dividends. Wow. Oh, but okay. I mean, there now that's a bit of optimism that I really like. And, and especially if you have a little bit of time before you retire, yeah, relax, take advantage of it, ride it, this thing out. Write it out and, and figure out what you want to own. What would you like to own in your portfolio over the next few years if you're a do-it-yourselfer or talk to your advisor? You know, what would you like to own? And I'll tell you one thing that I do. I, I do. Uh, I've got my favorite investments that I like, um, you know, to own. And so what I'm doing is, the and, I, and I'm not saying the market is bottomed out. Okay, don't get me wrong. I actually think it's going lower. Um, nobody knows how much lower. You tell me how high interest rates are going to go and how high inflation is going to go and how long it lasts, and I'll tell you how low the market's going to go. But we don't know the answers to those things. That's why we can't, that's why nobody knows, uh, because this is unknown in many ways. And the Fed, by the way, guys, we have not, you remember the phrase QE, which was quantitative easing? I remember. Right? 
right? The big, big thing. And then yes. that was how many, you know, all the bonds the government was buying in order to keep interest rates down. They were artificially supporting it. They're printing all this money. They're using it to buy our very, our very own bonds. Um, and so now quantitative tightening or QT is what's right around the corner. That hasn't even started yet. And by what I mean by that is that over the last several years, the central bank has purchased trillions of dollars, trillions with the T, of, of these bonds to support artificially to, to support the economy. Now they have to sell those. They have to unload them. They either have to write, hold them to maturity to let them, you know, to let them fade off, if you will, off the books when they mature, or they have to sell them. And, and so that's what they're calling quantitative tightening, which that is supposed to begin in the August to September timeframe. So we've got the Fed raising interest rates. Now, that's what's causing you know, a lot of havoc in the market along with the inflation reports. But then they're going to add the additional step of quantitative tightening. And we don't know what is going to happen because this has never happened before. Never in history has a central bank purchased, I think, over $4 trillion of, of bonds. And, and now they have to unload them, they have to sell them, or they have to let them mature to roll off the balance sheet. So there is still risk out there. And I do think there's a good chance over the next few months, we could see lower lows, unfortunately. What I'm doing, I'm not suggesting, if you're a long-term investor, meaning you've got at least three or four years, um, as I mentioned before, five years, the markets on average are up 100% from these lows. So I think if you take a look at your positions, if you're an index person, maybe you start buying, say, you know what, market drops another 5%, I'm going to buy more. It drops another 5%, I'm going to buy that much more, and I'm going to keep on buying more as the market's dropping. All right, with the idea being that you're holding on for at least five years. All right, so that's what I'm doing personally. I am I'm buying as these things, as these uh, as the markets go lower. I'm buying more, and I'm going to keep on buying more uh, all the way down. And I think that by the time we get to the end of the year, uh, as we get to the mid through the midterm elections, and we'll have a lot more visibility, we'll have a lot better idea where things are at. Um, and and I think between now and the end of the year, I believe between now and the end of the year, the market will be is in a bottoming process. And I think we're going to find that bottom in the next few months. Uh, but nobody knows when it is or exactly where it is. And you, and you never know until you can look back and say, well, that, you know, that's, where, that's where it was four months ago. Um, you know, so what, I've, what I would suggest is to look at the long-term long horizon and remember that over time, the markets have always gone, gone on to, hire, to, to hit new highs, right? And, um, and with that in mind, that's what I would be continuing to accumulate. Uh, assuming that you've got at least uh, a, a few years to go before you really need to use that money. Do you think that inflation has uh, topped out at this point, or do we anticipate more? Oh, my God, that, that is a really tough question. I, 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 I actually feel that it has topped out. Okay. Um, well, I think that's, that's, a, that's a, I think you're, you, obviously you share that feeling with a lot of people. I, you know, I think it, I think it, but the thing is, you know, we could have one more report that's really high like this in double digits. Um, but you, but the, so the question that I'm trying to answer that everyone sh would, should realize is that the question is really, well, when do these prices enter into the calculation? In other words, we talked before about oil coming back below 100. Lumber prices are, are down, I think, 40% from their highs. Uh, wheat prices that are down over, I think, 30% from their highs. Uh, corn prices are down double. A lot, of, a lot of commodities and natural resources have really come off from their high levels that we saw a few months ago. And see, these are all the things that go into the into inflation, right? And and so seeing these prices come down, to me, it looks like that should mean inflation is going to be coming down. Um, you know, we don't know for sure they're going to continue on that downward trend. All right. For instance, a lot of people, a lot of analysts and strategists on Wall Street, 
they're still saying to buy energy stocks. And they're saying, you know, this is a great opportunity to continue to buy because they say there is a structural inefficiency in our oil, energy, oil, gas, natural gas supply. In other words, there's no, in other, there's no way we're going to have enough supply to meet the demand over the next few years. And, and, the, and you can't, you know, just you can't solve these problems overnight. It's nothing that can be solved, you know, with the swipe of a pen or something. All right. It takes time to build out the facilities and to increase the production. And the problem is, at the same time, you know, we, 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 we have all this talk about moving to clean energy. Right. Uh, so on the one hand, we, we want clean energy and less reliance on, on carbon. And on the other hand, we want the oil companies to produce more because we need it now. All right. And the problem is they, they, they don't want to make that investment if it's only going to be for another, you know, what, five, six, seven, eight, ten years. Right. Um, well, why would they? No, it makes it makes total sense, but it's a heck of a predicament that that we're all in right now. Yeah. Right. And and it's it's understandable. I understand both sides. All right. And I I don't know the answer. The, the it's the timing of it, you know, because uh, we we see where we're going, but that transition to get there, you know, might be pretty uncomfortable. I, I saw some estimates calling for oil to almost double from where it is right now, um, just within the last month. So there's there's most analysts on Wall Street still think that oil and commodity and energy prices are going to be, they're going to turn and go higher. In fact, um, you guys might know Warren Buffett, right? Heard you heard the of Warren Buffett, yeah. right? The, the Oracle of Omaha. Um, one of his largest holdings is Occidental Petroleum. And, and, and now they own, Berkshire Hathaway owns over 10% of Oxy. And once a company, uh, once an individual or a company accumulates over a 10% share, they have a, uh, I believe they have a, only a 14-day period to report it to the regulators. So we know that as recently as last month, uh, Buck, Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway are still buying. They're adding and buying more Occidental, uh, more, more Oxy, all right? And they've already got a very large position. So I have, to, I, I have to feel that, you know what? He's been around the block a couple of times. He's one of the world's richest men and he made his money by investing. And they're continuing to buy Occidental and and so I think that you know there's a lot of big money, in other words, still saying those are the way to go. So if you feel that makes sense, maybe you should take a look at something like a Chevron, right? It's paying. It's pay, I want to say it's paying three and a half or four percent dividend, and uh, fantastic fundamentals, low valuation. Uh, or you could like, or you could look at something like a Marathon Petroleum at eighty bucks, which is trading, I believe, at five times earnings with huge earnings growth. And these companies should still see very, very strong earnings. So those are, those are some ideas. If you feel good about the space that I would take a look at, um, you know, and, um, and look at it, look at it over time. I'm not saying for the next two weeks, I'm saying for the next two years. Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, I love that. What a, what a great path to walk down there. Yeah. You, you know what? I think, I think sometimes we get, we get impatient. And I think we've also been a little spoiled by the markets in the last few years. Who do you think? You know, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I think what they, they doubled in like the last three years or yeah. something, the S and P, um, you know, and I, and I remember last year I was talking to people and everybody that would come into my office, I'd say, guys, the market's hitting record highs like every week. And, and so nobody should be surprised if we see a correction in the market. I told everybody this. And, and that when we've seen so much, I think we hit over 50 record highs in the calendar year of 2021, that more, more than one a week. And, and so there's nobody could look at that and say, I'm, I'm surprised we're seeing a correction. It's, you know, it's just a normal cycle of markets. And, and so unfortunately, it never feels good when you're going through it. 
Um, but just just stay focused and make sure you've got enough money to pay all your bills and money in the emergency fund so that you don't have to sell something at, in the stock market you know, at a loss or, or not at the optimal price because you need it for some other expenses. That's why I said that money should be discretionary so you can write it out and, and ideally continue to accumulate when there's weakness. Well, let's talk about one other way to save and make some money is in an HSA, a health savings account. And I know you're a big fan of these, Kevin. And, and yes. it, it, to me, they it just makes sense. And plus the fact that you can contribute them, especially if you're Let's say you're in your early 50s and you know you're going to have a high deductible plan. Boy, if you were 50 now and you saved that HSA until you were 65 to you at Medicare, you're on yes. easy street. Oh, you're looking you're looking real good. And, and, and guys, what Steve's talking about is this health savings account. Um, it is the only truly tax-free account that's available to us, period, full stop. All right. A Roth IRA, you pay the taxes when you put it in. A regular IRA, you pay the taxes when you take it out, right? With an HSA... It's ta you get a tax deduction when you put the money in, it grows tax-free. And as long as you use it for qualified medical expenses, it comes out tax-free. And it's a long list. It is a long, very generous list of medical expenses. In fact, it includes dental and chiropractic and vision and, and any number of things. And I'll tell you, I, I have an HSA personally. I invest in it for myself and my wife. And the nice thing is you can invest in these. You can put mutual funds, stocks, bond, anything you can invest in in your IRA, you can invest in an HSA, all right? And what I do, I don't recommend them uh, to use for, for metal, medical expenses, you know, like now or on a year by year, year by year basis now. Obviously, you can do that if, if, if it makes sense for your situation. Um, but I think the big benefit out of it is to not use that money for any expenses now and just build it. And like Steve said, uh, if you're 50, you can put in $8,300 for family contribution. Man. And if you did that every year, you can put in 100, over 120 grand, right? Yeah. Assuming you had, you had some growth out of that money. You could be sitting on two two hundred fifty thousand dollars that you can use tax free for all your medical expenses, and it can include long term care too. By the way, all right. And the thing is, so let me tell you what I'm doing. What I'm doing with me and my wife, we have files, right? We keep records. Every medical expense that I'm incurring now, everything, whether it's a prescription drug or a doctor's visit or a a root canal, whatever, whatever or a root. Yep, that too. <laughs> I had that pleasure as well. Yeah. Um, horrible. Any uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, all these expenses, though. So what we're doing, we're saving all the receipts, we're saving all the bills, we're saving all the statements. And then when I'm somewhere later in life, I'm thinking like my early 70s is what I'm thinking right now. That's when I'm going to start to pay myself back out of the HSA. And what that means is I can just take the money out. I've got the records to show what I paid it for, what I paid for, you know, what what expense it was for. Sure. And as long as as long as you can account for all those expenses, you're totally covered and you're totally legal. Wow. Right. So that's what I'm going to be doing. It'll give us tax-free income in retirement as I'm paying myself back for these thousands of dollars in bills that we incurred, you know, over the previous, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. So, so one thing that I've, I've discovered in sort of looking at HSAs um, is the, the HSBA, right? The brokerage account that you have to specify that, don't you? The, uh, you, you know what? I've not run into that. That's a, that's a puzzler there, Steve. That might be in a different state. I know I was talking to somebody in Illinois and that's what they were talking about. I've never heard though. I've never heard that before. Uh, HSBA. Okay. Um, doesn't mean it's not out there, but as far as the brokerage accounts, not all firms can handle those. Let me tell you, my firm can. So if you'd like to set up an HSA at a brokerage account, give me a call and I can set it up for you. All right. 
and 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 uh, but we just call it an HSA in the paper. Well, that's what I HSA. thought too. But again, like I said, I was having a conversation with somebody, and they brought that up. I just kind of wanted to run it by you. So that's good. Yeah. It's, it's it's good to work with. The, I mean, obviously, if if you've got questions about a about an HSA, folks, you know, give Kevin a call and 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 work through it. That's the thing. You just need to know what you're doing. You just need to know. You just need to get the information. Make sure that you're we we set. You're all within the rules. One of the drawbacks to it is you got to have a high deductible health plan. If you're somebody that works at a big company, uh, a lot of times that won't doesn't qualify because it doesn't meet the deductible requirement. Um, you know, so if you're self-employed or if you have flexibility in choosing your own health insurance, then it's something you really should take a look at. Um, you know, and but it does come with it does have a requirement for a high deductible health plan and whatever health insurance you have, they will know whatever whoever the provider is, uh, they will know is it. At you, you, the key question you want to know is, is this HSA eligible? And they will be able to tell you whoever has your health insurance. And if you're, if you'd like to get one, one of those plans, then when you start off your search, just make, just do your search by, by looking for HSA eligible, you know, in, in your state and your location. Sure. All right. 800-975-6717. That's the number you can call to reach Kevin. If you want to come on in and, and have that conversation about an HSA, about, well, really about anything that we've been talking about here today. Um, so run run the uh, indexed annuities by me again, because to me, that seems right now, that would be the direction I would suggest going. I mean, you, you know what I mean? From a personal standpoint. Oh, yes, by, by all means. And, and you know, the uh, uh, Steve and I were talking earlier, and I wanted to, to talk about this a little bit, because um, a lot of folks don't realize that there are there's really three different types of annuities. They're not all the same, just like you can't say car and and. You know, they're not all the same, right? You can get right. a luxury sedan or you get a sports car or, or you could get a, you know, a, a, a little, a little Prius or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not all the same. They've got common, they've got common features, but big differences too. And it's the same thing with annuities. All right. There's a group that are called variable. Those are the ones that generally have the highest fees that people say to avoid. Uh, there's a group that's fixed. So you want to think of like a bank CD, a set interest rate that, you know, an interest rate. So right now, I can get a five-year interest rate of about 4.3. Guaranteed, no fees or charges, tax deferred because it's an annuity. There's one in the middle that's called a fixed index annuity. And the word fixed is in there because you have a guarantee of safety. And the guarantee is that you cannot lose money because of a market downturn. The way you make money is based on an index going higher, like the S&P 500 index. And and, uh, the way they do this is there's always a trade-off, right? Nobody could give anyone all of the gains of the market with none of the risk. It's simply not possible. Sure. So what the so the trade-off, the insurance companies say, we'll give you a percentage of the gain. Maybe it's a half, half of the gain or 60% of the gain. Uh, but in exchange, you don't you will never have to suffer any of the loss. Okay. And I can show you guys if you went back, let's say you own some of these contracts for the last 10 years, I can show you policies that would have made double digit returns from very, very, very highly ranked A plus companies that everybody's heard of, all right? That you can take 10% out every year if you wanna take it out. I always say to people, do you really plan on spending down your retirement at a rate faster than 10% a year? And I've never had anybody say, yes, I do. Oh yeah, I wanna go 50%. (laughs) Yeah, right, because that's the thing. People say, oh, well, your money's locked up, it's locked up. Well, wait a minute, how fast do you plan on spending it? Right. Right, it's it's in in all reality, in some cases, I'm gonna tell you, I think it's good I call, I call it kind of like guardrails, all right? In some ways, these can keep people and, and help prevent somebody from making a bad mistake and taking out too much of the retirement money all at once. 
So some people think of it as guardrails and they say, you know what? I like it. It's a good reminder. I can't take that money out. I can't touch it. And, and therefore I don't think about it and I just let it grow. All right, guys, there's a lot of these contracts out there. They're not all good, like I mentioned before, but the good ones have done really well and they can do it without any fees, without any charges, right? And the way that you're investing is one year at a time. So you invest for one year, any gains that you make are then locked in. So let's say you put in a hundred grand and it grows to a hundred, I don't know, 107. Now you're 107,000 is locked in and cannot be lost, okay? And every year, say the next year the markets go down, you still have 107. You don't lose a dime because of the market going down. You didn't make anything, but the way you won is you didn't lose any money. That's the key. So now you've got, right? You've got your 107. Now guess what, Steve? The next year the market goes up and, and, and you make more money. Let's say it goes to 112 and now you're locked in at 112. Where anybody that's just in an S&P 500 index, they might still be trying to get back to break even, right? Mm -hmm. And so for instance, if you bought one of these index, index annuities a year ago, the market's down, what, 20% this year? They, these people, people, my my clients that own these, they love them. They haven't lost a penny, and 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 they're they, they laugh about it. They they laugh about it as, as to like they feel like it's their inside joke. It's like they feel like you know other people haven't figured it out, and exactly. and they're laughing all you know they're laughing all the way to the bank. So I think you should take a look at them if you're looking for safety and conservative growth. Then an index annuity might might be the route to take. You need to sit down and we need to talk further to see if it's a good fit for you. But I believe they're a great addition to a portfolio. I like to have stocks and bonds for the discretionary money that we're okay with taking the risk. And then I like to have index annuities for safety. You can also use index annuities for income. It doesn't have to be for income. It doesn't have to be without. They don't all pay you guaranteed income, but we can set it up that way if that's what we're looking for. So there's a lot of things that we have to consider. The key, though, is that you want to protect and preserve your assets, right? It, you don't want to be looking at a situation uh, where you've got too much money in the market and the market's dropped 20%. Inflation is, is you know, kicking along at 10%. And, and, and now you're saying, holy cow, uh, I might not have enough money. All right. A good way to do it is let's preserve it. Let's protect it. And maybe take a look at an index annuity. All right. Well, again, I mean, we're up against the clock here, believe it or not, Kevin. This has been a great show. Um, how, how do you want to leave things? You know what, guys, I, I, I want to leave it by, by, you know, if you've got money in the, in the market, you know, make sure it's longer term money. And then, like I said, let's take a look at adding to your positions on the weakness. Look at the weakness as a discount. It's going on sale, right? There's all this talk about, you know, these Amazon Prime Day where things go on sale. Okay, well, it's stock market Prime Day. The stock market's on sale. <laughs> I like that. Great analogy. All right. So be a, be a buyer on the weakness. This for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. 
Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.